Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that brings you inside NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. It's Texans Radio, Texans All Access, and we are days away from kickoff in the 2022 preseason. Texans Saints, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, live right here and on the app, the Odyssey app. Also, you can check it out on ABC 13, and also check it out in the stadium. How about that? Tickets at HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. Johnny, good evening. We've got a lot to talk about with camp every morning, right? We do. Every morning. Every morning we do this. We have, mm-hmm. what, two more shows, 8 to 10 a.m. tomorrow and then on Thursday. And tomorrow's the final practice in front of fans, so we're looking forward to that one. And we'll have a little bit of the best of J. Joe. We visited with him this mm-hmm. morning. That's coming up a bit later on in the program. You and I visited with Lovey Smith before practice he said some things that I think are worth repeating. So we're going to hear those during the program today. And you never know what else is going to happen. We have some uh, interviews we have not gotten to yet that we need to. But I wanted to do this okay. because there's so much talk about Davis Mills in this camp. And people wonder. People think the Texans are set up well. If Mills, for some reason, is not going to be your quarterback, you have two first-round draft choices mm-hmm. next year and two the following year. You have chances to get a starting quarterback if number 10 isn't going to be the guy. But we like what we see so far. So let's take it outside, Johnny. Okay. And I'm sure they're doing shows like this all over the country, or maybe they not. Maybe they are not, but they should, mm-hmm. because let's talk about what quarterbacks are starting for teams this season Ooh, to start like it out that will not be starting for their teams next season. Will they or won't they? Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to put it this way: Will they or won't they start? Anywhere it could be for their Ooh. current team or another team, and okay. many of these are showing up on the Texans' schedule. And I bet you already have your noggin running on who some of these might be. Yeah. Well, one of them is in this preseason game, and he's not going to play apparently, Jameis Winston, because he's banged up. But Winston, I'm going to start with him. Okay. He's the projected opening day starter for the New Orleans Saints. Will he start for the Saints in 2023? No. Okay. No, because the Saints right now have Dennis Allen as head coach. He is a defensive-minded guy. Defensive-minded coaches typically do not like for their quarterbacks to throw interceptions. They do not like for them to turn the ball over. Jameis Winston will do that, and it will drive Dennis Allen crazy. Oh, no, no good. Crazy. No good. Lovey would not like that either. What has Lovey said from day one in this training camp? Let's so not turn it over. So let's do a little quarterback roulette because I can't sit here and tell you that Jameis Winston will not be the quarterback in New Orleans without telling you who I think could be Ooh. or what the situation could be Carson for a quarterback. Carson <laughs> That flashed in my brain. I went, nope. It was like one of those where it flashes like, hey, what about this for an idea? And then, pfft. I swear, I, I I slid left or right. I don't know how the, the app works, but swiped either way, it. swiped right or left. Um, what's no swipe right? I don't know. Uh, either I way, don't know. Uh, I swept I whatever left. direction would tell me, heck no, on Carson Wentz going to the Saints. That uh, I don't see that happening. I'm gonna give you a wild one for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Okay, Jordan Love. Jordan Love gets traded from Green Bay. Finally, Aaron Rodgers is still there. Mm-hmm. After spending the offseason on a mountaintop meditating, he right. returns to Green Bay in 2023, and Love is finally traded away. And he goes to it's New Orleans. It's not crazy. I mean, I don't know what New Orleans – I know New Orleans had some cap issues. I knew Let that. me ask you this. It, assuming Love doesn't play at all this year, because he's only going to play if Rodgers gets hurt or if they lock up the division or something. Right. They, they can't clinch anything else late in the season Correct. and he mops up. Right. So, assuming he doesn't play at all, 
What does love go for in 2023? I would a offer third them at the most. A I fourth? would offer a third. I would offer a third, maybe even offer a fourth, and just see if they'll at least entertain the idea. I'll give you a fourth. Okay. Now, it also depends on where New Orleans is also going to end up because if New Orleans doesn't have a great season and they're top, top uh, 10, 12 in a the draft, then, hey, top of the top of day three board for a quarterback that we know nothing about. Yeah, I'll take that. I don't know. We'll I see, think but I would, I would offer a fourth. Steve Green Bay would say, no, 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 no. We're not even in the ballpark. It's got to be a two. I might even think about it depending on where I'm drafting at that point, but – Jordan Love just – I was thinking about this the other day because somebody posted a, a highlight of Jordan Love's two-minute drill for the Packers on Twitter. Just They sniped – they just uh, clipped all down to play, 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 play. for. So you got the two-minute drill in like 45 seconds. And right at the very end of the last play, he had to get in the end zone. He stared down the receiver got picked. I think Jordan Love's got something to offer an NFL team that's not the Green Bay Packers. The Saints would be, a, I think, a decent spot for that because the Saints could, could get him this year. 2021, 22. Yeah, so this is his third year. So you'd like to be able to see him play in his fourth year so you would know whether to exercise the option for the fifth year mm -hmm. and all that. So I Jordan Love might be kind of interesting for a team like the Saints that feel like they're that quarterback position away. I don't think it's going to be Jameis Winston. I just think Winston will have games where he has three or four touchdowns and then you have the games where he has two, three, four picks. And that, I think, is going to drive Allen crazy. Not that it wouldn't for Jordan Love, but... I'm just wondering where Jordan Love could go, and the Saints seem to be a team where that can make some sense. I think Winston goes back to being a backup, and maybe a place like Green Bay would be a good place for him to be a backup, just kind of a swap of Winston for Love. Let Winston back up Aaron Rodgers, let him learn how LaFleur wants to do things, and rock on. Let, Lef let Love come down to New Orleans and be the guy. Side note, does Andy Dalton give you some good competition this week? No. Well, he gives oh, you something. Well, yeah, kind of. Andy... Uh, I love Andy. I've always been a big fan I mean, of Andy Winston's Dalton. Winston's not going to play better than nothing. Ian you're Book. Right. You're right. Ian Book won't. Ian yeah. Book can't break a pane of glass from 10 feet away. Mm. Ian Book does nothing for me. Nothing. No, Andy Dalton does. Yeah, you're right. That'll be good. I mean, he'll he'll know where to go with the football, and he may dink and dunk down the field. Yeah, that might be some good work, but okay. I don't think it's uh, – I'd rather see Winston. Let me continue with the list because I want to get to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarterbacks, where are they going to be starting if not for their own team? Or will they start in 2023? And some of these on the Texan schedule. Like opening day starter for the Colts, Matt Ryan. Will he start for the Colts next year? I think the other day I answered that neither he nor Tannehill would be that guy. And I've kind of – I've kind of gone back on that a little bit thinking about, you know, Matt Ryan's going to have the best protection he's had since 2016 when he was MVP of the league. He's got some weapons. You don't know what Paris Campbell's got going on. He's got some hamstring issue, which is not totally surprising. We've seen Paris Campbell for all of a quarter and a half. Ooh. That's and it. You know what? In three years. There's this is no Shaq year. on opening day. But could potentially not have Shaq on opening day. I know he plays defense, but, but that still. does affect things. Right. I, I do have a feeling that they will try and squeeze a little bit more out of Matt Ryan. At the same time, telling Ryan, look, they're gonna they're gonna do the Jordan Love thing, like look, you gave us a really good year, but you're 38. We're gonna draft a young guy that's comfortable in the system. You help groom him. We're not gonna run you out of here if you're being successful. But when it mm. stops being successful, then obviously he's gonna be that guy. I they the, the Colts just I mean I hope they don't do this, but at some point they gotta find a young dude they can build with. 
All right, I'll get to the Titans later. Daniel Jones, will he start for the Giants next no. year or anywhere else? No. Okay, so this is Giants it for go him. young. The Giants will go with a rookie. All right, here's a good one, a tough one. Tua, does Tua start for the Dolphins or for anybody else next year? Yes, he starts for the Dolphins. Oh, so he's going to have a good year. Well, just because you, he starts next mm-hmm. year, I don't think they give up on him. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a good year for Tua, but I don't think it's going to break the bank. I think he is going to be good. I think he's got enough weapons to be good. But I don't think he is going to be, you know, 4,400 yards and, and 32 and 12. I don't think that's going to be it. I think he is going to be effective at times. I think there are going to be times he makes some throws. And I do think there's going to be a little semi-turning of the corner. But I don't think it's this year. I think it's the 2023 season where it all comes together for him. And he becomes a really solid quarterback at that particular point. I don't think he's great this year, but I think he's good enough to hang on to the job in Miami. This is a team, Miami, that went after Tom Brady illegally. Yes. According to NFL rules, illegally. And some other quarterback, too, apparently. I'm thinking that, yeah, I'm thinking, exactly, they Mm -hmm. wanted to trade for this quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that they'll be willing and eager to trade for somebody else. And I don't know who that somebody else is. It depends on how Tua does. If they finish eight and nine and two is eh, yeah. Even a cousins would be an option, I I would think, mm. in Miami. All right. So you're not always gonna talk trade, you're gonna talk for possible free agent acquisition. <laughs> Who else might be out there? Uh Garoppolo rumors are still out there as well, possibilities. Was McDaniel, was McDaniel with Cousins in Washington when McVeigh and Shanahan were all there? Was was uh, uh McDaniel there? I can't remember if he was, if he had some experience with with Cousins. Look, Cousins really just does nothing for me. I'm sorry. It just, I believe he was. I, I mean, I know Cousins puts up a lot of yards. I just feel like it's empty calories with that guy. I really do. I just, I don't know. I don't well, care. If I, you have everything else in place, I think you can win a lot of games with Kirk Cousins. And, I remember talking to Paul Allen when we were up to Combine. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Cousins, of course. And I just walked away from that going, man, I really love Paul. But, gosh, he didn't really seem all that like gung ho about Kirk Cousins, mm. it just felt it felt weird and strange. So, I yeah. Does Cousins start for the Vikings next year, two thousand twenty three? I think there's a financial component to it that would allow him to get out of there. Yeah. Um. So I could see. You know where you know where Cousins would make some sense, and I know people in Seattle would not would be like, no, we want somebody. I think Seattle would be a spot for him. He's got there's weapons there with DK Metcalf. I think. I think um, Pete Carroll would like him because he's not going to be, you know, it's it, it's going to be a little bit more traditional. Cousins yeah. will run the ball. I think Carroll wants to run the ball a little bit more. He's got good weapons at wide receiver that he could rely on. They just need somebody that – they need somebody to drive that engine a little bit more conservatively mm-hmm. than Russell was wanting to do it or was going to do it. So – Kirk Cousins in Seattle might not be a bad option for 2023 because I think the Drew Locke, Geno Smith experiment is going to blow up badly. Badly. Well, how could it not? Exactly. I mean, seriously. I when I, mean, I hear that Geno Smith Captain is... Captain Obvious over here, I, mean, I know. When, but, when I hear that Geno Smith is leading that competition, I'm thinking, really, Drew Locke? Look, with all due respect to Geno, he's been around enough. He started yeah. a lot of games. He's had his chances. Unless, for right. some miracle, he's jumped a stage in level of play, caliber of play... Forget it, yeah. because Drew Locke, how can he not be better at this point? And if he's not, he's just not going to ever get there. Uh, he's played less football than Geno Smith, but 
come on, this is your chance. This is your golden opportunity to resurrect your career. Not happening so far. We'll see where it goes from there. Quarterbacks, where are they going to start next year? Will they start next year if they're not going to start for their current team? Carson Wentz with the Washington, formerly known as the football team, formerly known as something else, squad. He'll be coming here to NRG Stadium. Will he start for them next year, or will he start anywhere else? One and done. One and done for Wentz. One and done for Wentz. I just have a feeling that after it doesn't go so great in Washington, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see what the whole situation is with Snyder and all that. There's obviously all the rumors. Oh, well, he's going to be forced to sell. And all. I, I don't know. I just, there's a part of me that feels like the commanders need kind of a, a further cleansing. I feel like they've done it at certain parts, but the fact that Snyder's still there – and that all looms. And I, I just, I don't know. There's just kind of this, uh, and I like Ron Rivera. I really do. But it feels like there there's a cleansing, like new owner, new GM, new head coach. They got the president, Jason Wright. I think he's a very impressive guy on the business ops side. But I feel like the football ops side just needs kind of a, a kick in the backside. That team is talented. When you think about the defensive front mm-hmm. and Terry McLaurin they just re-upped with, it just, the pieces aren't, and I think it's going to go badly with Wentz. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to start all over. The good thing, if they're starting all over, especially at that position, doesn't mean it's a guarantee. But if it doesn't go well with Wentz, they're gonna end up with one of the top five picks. They're gonna end up with a with a quarterback. There's no there's no doubt. They'll end up with a quarterback and they can restart with that player and move forward. But I think it's one and done for Wentz. And because it will have not gone great with the Eagles, it will not have gone great with the Colts, it will not have gone great with the commanders, teams would be like, no, 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 we're good. You know, we haven't talked about much, and I'm going to put this name in there as well, and it would be injury-related more than anything. And we're talking about quarterbacks. Will they start for their team next year or anywhere else? Matt Stafford mm-hmm. with the elbow problem. We have not talked enough about this yes. on our programs. Texans don't play the Rams except in the preseason. Stafford wasn't going to play anyway. Nope. You know the rest of the story. But this is going to be an issue. Look, can you imagine if they don't have Stafford available for opening night against the Buffalo Bills? Oh you think the Bills are a little hungry for a win? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I am so pumped up for that game. You know, it's just look, I don't have any dog in that fight. I know you have Sal in Buffalo, yeah. Sal Capaccio, and he's a super nice guy. And by the way, I've heard him on a couple of other shows. Yeah, he's on McAfee the other day. He did great. Yeah, he was I, on McAfee I think show. I did hear him yeah, on McAfee. Yeah, good. he did a great job. Uh, and I like him, and he showed us around Buffalo, so we know some people up there, and it's yeah. good, and John Murphy, the boys of the Bills and all that. But to me, I don't really care who wins and loses. I will feel no pain no. if Buffalo loses. In fact, I kind of want Buffalo to lose. It's an AFC team, all right? right. It's better right. for us. But I'm pumped up for that game, Johnny. Too. How can I'm you too. not be pumped up? There are very few sports where it's like, oh, the Lakers are playing the so and so. I don't care. I care about this. It's very interesting. Now, in the NBA, I have cared about other matchups not involving the Rockets in the past. Just right now, it just doesn't feel that way. This, when I heard about the elbow issue, I, t- I wasn't surprised because Stafford's never played more than 16 games. Then mm-hmm. you tack on playoff game against the Cardinals, playoff game at the Bucks, playoff game against the Niners, Super Bowl against the Bengals. That's four extra games that he played last year now it doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot but that's at least say it's 30 throws that's another 120 throws tacked on that he's he's not had to make in Detroit because he wasn't playing but 16 games uh, a year when he was up in Detroit because they weren't going to the playoffs so that's what he was playing so I wasn't surprised by that that he had a little bit of issue and he's a little bit longer in the tooth 
But that's a big one because the way that he relies on his arm, his feet can be all the whack, he can be sidearm, he can drop down, I mean, all that kind of stuff that he does. His elbows hurting a little bit. Mm. That that could be a that could be a major. Sean McVay issue. talking about it's not a typical football injury. It it just Sounds bothers weird. you when you hear yeah. about it. And you know what the Rams don't have? A sexy brand name backup quarterback. John Wolford doesn't do anything for me. And the Texans are going to play there one week from Friday night, L.A., 9 o'clock. Look, I'll be there if the Texans play a team of rodents. I don't care. And yeah. it is so far. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it'll be a spectacle. And they are the defending Super Bowl champions. I wish we were seeing Stafford, but we won't. Yeah, we're in... We've got two more stadiums to see there, boss. We've got uh, SoFi. We got Allegiant. We'll by October. We'll we will have seen all of them in the NFL. Those are the last two to complete the set. Oh, you're forgetting one. Au contraire, because next year it's return to Hotlanta for the oh, Houston Texans. Oh, that's right. How did I forget that? Yeah. So. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. was thinking about this. It was 2015. That was very 2015. memorable, i.e., uh, forgettable, i.e., horrible game. Uh, in Atlanta. Well, oh, I can handle that that one. Atlanta, I can handle that one easy. Marcus Mariota? Pfft, no. Yeah. All right, so he will not be starting for the Falcons now, or Ritter. anywhere else. Desmond Ritter gets to be kind of well, interesting. Well, I'm not, I'm not uh, oh, because the Texans will see him next year, according yeah. to you. Desmond Ritter could be the starter. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be the starter very early in 2022. I think he's going to do enough to hang on to the job. Mm -hmm. And I think going into 2023... I don't think he should be on a hot seat, but I think he's going to be. Arthur Smith's going to be on a little bit of a hot seat, but Desmond Ritter's going to be a guy to kind of like, hey, look what Arthur Smith has done with this team, and look what he's doing with Ritter, and I think they'll get behind him, and I think Ritter will be the guy that we see in 2020. I want to see the numbers here because I'm, we're doing this topic here. Quarterbacks, are they going to remain starters of their team or start anywhere else? This could be a record amount of turnover. Oh, yeah. We see yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of coaching turnover in oh, this league, yeah. and you do see quarterback turnover. Of course you do, but... This is interesting to me, how many quarterbacks could be changing teams or just dropping out of the league altogether. All right, let's get to a couple of other ones here. Uh, these are going to be quick. Jacoby Brissett, because he's going to start and play some you-know-who mm -hmm. on opening day for the Cleveland Browns yeah, he's out. as they face Carolina. But Baker Mayfield, will he oh. remain with the Panthers or start somewhere else? I knew this one was coming. I was preparing yeah. myself for it, and I have no idea. Okay. I just feel like... You could almost see it working out. Yeah, in a way, in a way, yeah. And I don't know what the – here's the thing. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is the fifth year of his rookie deal. This is the last year of his rookie deal. So if the Panthers do go – not all in, but if they decide, hey, we kind of like you, let's let's do this thing, well, then they got to get a contract. Hey, man, I just don't know. It all I depends on how he does. That. It all depends on how he does. Absolutely. And so then I look at my 2023 draft chart, and I look at Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Tyler Van Dyke, Will Levis, Devin Leary, Anthony Richardson, Spencer Rather, Tanner McKee, Brennan Armstrong, Grayson McCall. I look at all these quarterbacks, and I'm like, do I want to just – I don't want to say start over, but do I want to start over yeah. with a young dude yeah. that I can mold well, my way? And he's only seen the Panthers' way. And it's not Baker. It's not Don. I'm getting my guy. And maybe that's what they've got with Matt Corral. Maybe. I don't know. But a lot of these teams are going to have that decision. When you talk about turnover, there's going to be turnover for this reason. These quarterbacks right here, these young dudes coming, it's got to be the right fit. I don't think it can be a place, well, you know, I'm in a hot seat. And you tell the coach, you know, coach is on the hot seat, you know, knows he is. And the GM's like, yeah, we want to get a young quarterback. 
Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm on a hot seat here. No, I want a veteran. So I think this offseason, quarterback-wise, the quarterback carousel is going to be wild. Okay. Wild. Will Jared Goff start for the Lions next year or anywhere else? That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a hard one. Because if they win six games. I feel like the Lions are on the precipice, man. I feel like. Really? I know you've said this with McClain. But I don't. I don't. Love the golf situation, and that's that's what's driving me crazy. If go- here's where I feel like the Lions are not totally like the Texans, but in some sense they are. I feel like the Lions have upped their talent level, mm-hmm. and you've got Jared Goff sitting there. Now it's totally different because Goff has been in the league for a while. But if Goff flames out, and they go three and fourteen, maybe they're going to get the number one pick in the draft. They're going to have the choice of quarterbacks to start with. Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, an offensive line that is surprisingly one of the best in the league. That line with Detroit is very, very good. Brad Holmes has built something, and I, it gives me a little bit of a Seattle vibe that Seattle got all the pieces around their quarterback, and they were thrown in Tavares Jackson and others. They signed Matt Flynn to the big contract. Right. They signed him to a, it. Was, it was a good contract at the time. But then they drafted Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll was like, well, Wilson's better than, than him, so we're going to play Russell Wilson, and then, of course, the rest is history. Could the Lions do something like that? Maybe with their top pick, do they get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? Maybe. I just feel like the Lions are that guy away. And maybe it's the other thing. Maybe the Lions are like, hey, one of these young quarterbacks throughout the league, can we make a play for? Mm. Do we make a play for Kyler Murray? Like, if Kyler is not happy with what's going on in, in Arizona, I don't, I don't know. So... I just feel like there's going to be a lot, but I feel like the Lions will find more quarterback options to their liking. If they want to go with a rookie, they can just leave Goff. Not on a financial situation, but leave Goff there. Let Goff go through 2023 or whatever and and see what you've got, and at some point turn it over to the rookie and then rock on. I think Goff is going to – when Goff is done being a starter, he'll be a career backup. He'll he'll be Matt Schaub. He'll stick around the league for four or five years because you know you can always rely on He's him. Got to the win talent a game. to at least yeah, do that. At least do that. Okay, I saved the best for last year. We have a couple of minutes for Ryan Tannehill. Will he start oh. for the Titans next year or somewhere else? Look, they drafted a relative to this past draft high profile quarterback in Malik yep. Willis. So I haven't heard rumblings out of Tennessee's camp that oh you got to start Willis because it's camp. No one's seen Tannehill play yet. What if Tannehill throws a pick or two in one of these preseason games and then the buzz really gets going? I don't know if that's going to happen. Or Willis looks really good and like whoop, whoop, and he's into the end zone a couple of times with these amazing plays. He throws a deep ball. He has a fantastic run. There's going to be some buzz in Nashville, some twang from Malik Willis. Well, here's, I don't want to say part of the issue, but here's something to consider. First game is Giants, right out of the shoot in yep. Tennessee. But the next two, Bills. I know, that's the week two Monday night doubleheader game. Raiders. Oh, I like this for them. For one us, and, in other words. One and two out of the shoot then. So they go Wait, Giants. What was the first game? Giants. Giants at home, I believe. Then they go to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Raiders come to Tennessee. But then the Titans go to the Colts. And I can promise you, just like we have the Colts circled because of what they did to us last year, I guarantee you the Colts have the Titans circled. Like, oh, yeah. they ain't beating us this year. He gets out of there one and four. The next game is the Commanders. And I bring that up because if you want to, if you want to, now it's on the road, but if you want to get a young quarterback, maybe that's the game because the Commanders may not score all that much. Now they're tough defensively. But if you want to shake it up a little bit, that might be the game to do it because after Commanders, Colts, 
Colts again. Oh, wow, they're they're very tight. Colts again, then us, then Chiefs, then Broncos. That's tough. That's then no Packers, joke. then Bengals. No joke schedule there for the Tennessee Titans. But I, you know what? Johnny, Vrabel is one of the best head coaches in this league. Is. I hate to he admit is. it, but he is. No, he's he nice, is. You know, like, we like him. I just hate him because he's a Titan. So he manufactures wins. He finds ways. There's no way he's making that change unless he really feels. I know it sounds simplistic to no. say he has a better chance to win, but he adds a dimension. He's not going to turn it over because Vrabel cannot tolerate that. That's why the three picks burn him more than anything in right. that playoff game. But does Malik Willis allow him to manufacture those wins a little bit easier? Yeah, because you can run, remember the Wild Henry in week two of 2018 and all that. You can you answer. can control the game and kind of shorten it and do things, and then all of a sudden he pops a big play, and wow, and our defense is playing better because we've invested in it. It got a lot better last year from the year before. There's your answer. All right. So Malik Willis happen. is going to be the quarterback in Tennessee in 2023. Interesting. Oh, or somebody else. Or somebody else. Maybe Willis gets in there and they find out, eh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not our guy either. I and, and then the Titans, you can't go back to Tannehill. No, 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 you can't. But I think the Titans at that point might be better served with that team in the window it's in to look for a maybe not Matt Ryan, maybe not that long in the tooth, but look for maybe a veteran that gets unhappy somewhere and they pull together, they pull together picks over the few years. Garoppolo. They go, maybe that. that maybe oh, that's Garoppolo an in Tennessee. Come on, you know that would work. It would well, fit. Tannehill's a hell of an athlete. You know he used to be a receiver. Stop me. Okay. <laughs> Coming up on the program. You can tell me next that Colt McCoy and, and Jordan <laughs> Shipley were roommates. They were roommates. You didn't know this. You didn't know this. Did you know about Chris I mean, Sims and Kyle Shanahan having tattoos? I'm sure no, you. well, that's a little bit more esoteric. Okay, yeah. let's get to Jonathan Joseph. Caught up with him this morning. A little best of that. Lovey Smith, we caught up with him. What did he have to say about the guys hitting each other again and again and again, training camp, the drudgery of it. He didn't use that word. That's my word. It's not a drudgery, but the repetitive nature of it and how to get out of it. He used a great analogy. That's coming up next here on Texans Radio. Here in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio, air-conditioned comfort. Very nice. But this morning on the practice field, not so much. Still great to see the team working out in pads. And prior to practice this morning, John Harris and I visited with Lovey Smith and talked about the grind of camp coming off a day off. You know, we've been in training camp for a while. So, you know, the recovery part is pretty important right now. But as I told the players, I mean, just, you know, pitch it a fourth quarter a little bit. You got to grind. Everybody's sore. And when you get a, a day off to recover a little bit, it's good. And as far as coaches, we get a chance to regroup. You know, we get a game to come up, found preparations for the game and place also. Coach, how will you get ready for Saturday's game? We know it's a preseason game and you can't put all the time you would like a regular season game, but how much time do you put in getting ready for the game itself? We don't game plan an awful lot. It's about training camp. You know, good on good. We'll do it right up until tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday will be the last, really, training camp offense, defense, Thursday we'll transition then uh, as, far, you know, as far as getting ready for New Orleans. How hard is it to determine playing time of the players and the way the game flow is, Coach? Because sometimes you could go three and out, you could have a 10-play drive. Who knows? We uh, go more on plays that we want to see from the guys. And we'll have some guys that won't play at all. we have some that will play a little bit. And as much as anything, you know, there's not a whole lot of live stuff in training camp. A lot of what we want to get accomplished in training camp to kind of see some of the guys we're not quite sure of. Coach, what's the most important thing as you go into the game for the coaching staff? Once you get in there, the game operation, all that kind of stuff, how important is that on Saturday for you and your staff? It's just that. We're all getting ready for Indy coming in here. So for us, we're new staff. 
everything, preparation, who's up in the press box, communication, down and distance, everything, trainers, uh, communicating when guys are hurt. So just all the things you need to get ready for for a football game. Thursday, we'll go through uh, an entire pregame all the way up, halftime, go in. So all that stuff is what we're looking for. Coach, give us a couple of things you like about what you've seen out here, maybe a couple of things you want to see do better. Well, you know, a lot of things to do better because we're, you know, we're still learning. But just grinding. For, you know, we say show up, you know. It's first just coming to practice. And we have some of the guys that have made it, never made it through a full training camp that are making it through. So that's a part of it, just mental toughness through training. It's hard. You want it to be hard. The reason why we're not doing it, you know. The guys should be. So you're developing a lot of those things. That's what we want to see. And I love when you get down to guys see the light at the end of the tunnel. A few more days, but, you know, you got two minutes left to go in the game. Your best play has to come into play then. How much does it tell you about the players when they are able to get through that grind and still play at a pretty high level their practice coaching? We're growing, and that's what we want to see, and that's what they've done. You're telling off a lot right now. You know, when a going gets tough, everybody, you know, first day of training camp, it's kind of like the wedding night. You know, everybody's excited. But then after a few years of marriage, you know, you still have that ex- same excitement. That's what we're looking for. There's head coach Lovey Smith. After we visited with him, we got on the air, and eventually in the program, J. Joe. Jonathan Joseph came into our broadcast tent, and it was great to catch up with him. Man, it's good to see you, J. Joe. How's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, I'm obviously glad to be back out here to watch the guys. Uh, the weather is not too bad today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Compared to Sunday. A little cloud cover today, huh? For sure, for sure. The clouds aren't definitely winning today, but they're, they're pushing it a little bit. They're pushing it. J.J., what was the hardest part in training camp for you, whether during the practice, during the week, whatever? What was the hardest part going through it um, here in Houston? The hardest part for me was uh, after the initial, I'll say, first week and a half because, you know, you all pumped up and excited about training camp, and then eventually you just get tired of going against your teammates yeah. because you started to figure out their tendencies. You see their plays each and every day. So to me, it just wasn't fun anymore because – you know, they started complaining about, you know, our plays, you know, our tendencies, you know, this and that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, later on in my career, obviously early on, we were doing some of the scrimmages and things, but it yeah. became a big emphasis point at the end of my career. And I think, you know, that started to break training camp up a little bit. What did you work on personally, though, as your career advanced during this time of year? Your technique, just getting the skills resharpened. How do you improve when you've been in the league for a few years? It's about repetition. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, you know, what is it, load management or, you know, whether they're tracking the guys now to how many reps you get, your speed, how far how, how far of a distance you run and things. I think for me, I was always just trying to push it as much as I can just to get my body physically ready and my mind mentally ready because, you know, throughout the season you don't have much time during the week to kind of replicate those things. And training camp is the only chance you have. So for me it was just about going out and getting live repetitions, getting good guys good on good, going against Hop, DeAndre, I mean Hop. Andre Johnson, whoever it was in practice, just trying to get as much good on good. So when I do get to the game, I'm able to replicate that speed and I'm not caught off guard. Joe, it's always weird looking at somebody in 24. The last few years, I look at 24 and go, no, that's not Jonathan Joseph. The guy wearing 24 is pretty good, young, athletic. I mean, everything you want in a defensive back. What do you see in Sting? I see a great young corner for him, a guy that's able to go out there and just look calm. It don't look too overwhelming for him. I think that comes from being at a great program at LSU, obviously. Uh, you don't just draft the guy that high and take a chance if he can't play. So I think he's starting to show all those signs, but obviously he's still young, and there's going to be some things that come his way that he'll have to figure out. 
But the best thing you can do is get out there and get repetitions. Yeah. I think, you know, he's putting the foot injury behind him and moving on from it. So I think it's a positive sign to see a guy like that obviously go through something young in his career. Things he did at LSU from, you know, stardom as a freshman and then went through a little turmoil there with the coaching staff and things like that. And now top draft pick, able to come out here and compete. Uh, great city, great young team. Jonathan, you didn't play for Lovey, but the way he coaches, he wants that ball out. He wants you to strip it every chance you get. What about his style as a head coach playing in this 4-3? I could have played 25 years. <laughs> but um, it's funny you say that. I was um, looking at, I was reading an article yesterday. Patrick Peterson was talking about the uh, change in uh, yes. Minnesota. Yes. And he was like, it takes the stresses off a corner. You know, I'm able to see the ball, see the play happen in front of me and react to it. And, you know, obviously in this league, most interceptions, most turnover happens when you see the ball thrown, see the ball caught, because we can break on it. Guys can get in position to make the tackle, punch it out, the second guy coming in and all those things. And it's been a thing that's followed him everywhere he's went, big emphasis. And I think when you have that, you know, it's able to give your team more opportunities to score points and win the game. When you look back at your career, Mark and I talk about this all the time, 2018, Philadelphia. I mean, they're just games you look back and go, man, if we just had that one. Oh, man, we could have been there. Is there a game that you look back and go, God, if we could have just gotten that one right there, man, we would have been on our way. Because I'm convinced, and I said this to Mark, I'm Philly. convinced the 2018 team, we win that game at Philly, I, boy, I think we would have been tough in the playoffs. We would have gotten the bye week, and that bye week becomes hugely important. Is there one that you look back on and go, man, I wish we'd had that one? It's a few. I think um, Baltimore when Schaub went down that oh, season yeah. there. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, Twelve. That was 12, yeah. I think, the one you're talking about, oh, 11, Philly. Sorry, 11, yeah. Philly. Yeah. I think um, the year with um, the biggest year for me, I would say, I wouldn't say the biggest, but the game with A.J. Bouye last year, I think, was up in New England. Oh, 12, 2012? No, it wasn't oh, no, 2012. No, 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 2016. 16. 16. Yeah. That night against Brady, <laughs> that night against Brady, y'all were on it. I mean, it was a, it, like I'd never seen that. I mean, Clowney was at a whole different level mm-hmm. that night, but – I mean, we got we were eighteen point dogs, and we got the ball down eight in the fourth quarter. I mean, how are you guys feeling on the sideline at that point? We was right there in it. You know, we felt as a team we had enough to take that next step and get over the hump. And I always talk about the timing of these things with the quarterback, yeah. with you know the nucleus of the team and all that, just timing up right. And you know, for whatever reason, I feel like I've always just been right off on that moment. You know, mm-hmm. um, we was here, and when I was in Cincinnati, I got there to bring some youth in, right. and then Carson Palmer goes down. And then, you know, I come here, we get things rolling, shop go down, yep. and it takes a while till we find Deshaun and all those things. Yep. And we had some great moments there. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to have – we haven't seen another defense like that 2000 Baltimore team that, you know, fewest yeah. points ever in league history. So you have to have some type of astronomical season from a defensive standpoint to even give yourself a chance if you don't have yep. that star quarterback. Right. Jonathan, you guys won some pressure cooker games, though. You won 10-6 at Cincinnati. That had to be really special. That Monday night Ooh, game, 10-6. Yeah. to 6. To be a defensive player and win a game like that, you got to take a lot of pride in that victory. Absolutely. Um, you think about the coaching staff we had, uh, the guys that was on that coaching staff, the guys that was on that defense, even on that team. You know, we had a lot of offensive guys that had defensive mentality mm-hmm. because what they went through here previously before uh, in close ball games and being close right, right on the brink. So we knew anytime we got in the game, whatever our situation was, we knew as a defense that no matter what happened, we couldn't come to the sideline and gripe about our situation. We had to go out there and hold up our end of the bargain. And right at that point in time, I think we was the focal point of the team. Are right, you going to visit the TV guys in the booth on Saturday night in the third quarter <laughs> yes. for a bit. That's going to be cool. 
So tell me something. I know you did that broadcast boot camp with the NFL. What was that like? And tell us how you're looking forward to Saturday. I think it was a great overall experience, a little bit of a whirlwind because, you know, they're throwing you in all these different uh, meetings and settings. But I think it's a lot to take in because you don't – well, for me personally, I didn't go in there saying that I want to do this specifically or that. I just went in with an open ball plan, you know, whatever kind of attracts me, whatever I think I'm well at, what fits my personality, I'm going to just shoot out for it. So I think the overall experience, just seeing the time that they put in behind the scenes, everything that goes into it, is obviously not an easy job, and I obviously knows that, but just certain things that you learn from being on the radio versus on TV, words that you can't use and or say about painting the picture and things like that. So I think um, it's just the small things because I've always been a student of the game, always being a fan of, you know, the broadcasters, announcers, um, more so, you know, obviously John Madden's legendary, but, you know, Bill Walton is one of my favorite in basketball, uh, him and Hubie Brown. Just, you know, they was always hilarious to me when I watched the games as a young kid. Yeah. And um, the crossover into that now to have an opportunity is just big for me. Jay Joe, thanks a lot for joining us. We look forward to the weekend. No problem. Thank you, guys. Some good stuff there with that visit with Jonathan Joseph, fresh off NFL broadcast boot camp. And he's going to spend a few moments with us in the booth on television in the third quarter on Saturday night to share his thoughts on the team and what's going on in the preseason opener against the Saints. And don't forget, you can get it on ABC 13, 7 o'clock, and right here, of course, and on the Odyssey app. you got to download that app to listen to Sports Radio 610 and Texans Radio whenever you want. And our podcasts are on there as well as the Texans app, so you never have to go without them, which I know is very important to you. So please just tune in to the app or log into the app. Do whatever you have to do to the app. All right, coming up on the program, Ben McDaniels, wide receivers coach. I had a nice visit with him this morning. Let's hear that and how this group is doing with Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. You know who they are. Let's hear about them next on Texans All Access. It's countdown to kickoff. We have 96 hours before the Texans play the Saints on Saturday night. Now, 96 doesn't sound that good. I mean, 72 makes it sound a little closer, and that's easy math to do, right? You get 48, you get 24. Those are just much easier. 96 just sounds like a lot still, Uh, but it's coming up here. Saturday night, 7 o'clock, when the Texans play the Saints. And among the groups that are going to get heavy scrutiny from the fan base, media base, all bases, would be the receivers. Brandon Cooks, who's been so good for this team since he's come over, so good since since he's come into the league. Nico Collins, second-year player out of Michigan, and others as well. Well, let's catch up now with Ben McDaniels. I visited with him this morning. He's the receivers coach, and I thought I could get him all hyped up about the game on Saturday, but he's taking it one day at a time, as the coaches say. Yeah, um, it'll it'll come when it comes. Yeah, you know, okay. it'll come when it comes. We're just uh, kind of just progressing through training camp, and um, uh, just um, they're they're doing a great job. They they came uh, to training camp in in uh, in a great place mentally and physically, and. It's been a great start to training camp. All right, so does the defense get to know you really well after a while, and does that make it that much harder to execute out here? Yeah, absolutely. That's a real thing, uh, but it's good for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, We get to know each other. We practice against each other all the time. Um, so you, ha- you have a, a great understanding of both sides, um, and then really that, that gives us a chance to elevate each other uh, on both sides. You coaching receivers, well, Brevin Jordan's a big part of the passing game, but he's a tight end. So how does that factor in? How do you guys organize all that? Um, yeah, Burbs does a great job um, in his room, in the tight end room. I try and do the same thing in the receiver room. Um, we're all connected to the vision of the play, um, you know, through Pep and, and through the quarterback's eyes. 
Um, but we're all part of it, and, uh, and, and they're doing a job in that room too. Ben, how's Nico doing in year two for him? More confident. Um, I, can, I can see more confidence from him, um, which you can understand. Year two, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's lived some of it from year one, so uh, really happy with his confidence, uh, both mentally and physically. He put a lot of work in physically um, in the offseason, and we're still doing that. How beneficial does it make it for you as a coach to have Brandon Cooks around and you can point to him and say, hey, do it the way he does it. I know not everybody has that capability, but he's such a worker. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it's really huge, especially for the young guys in the room. Um, you know, Nico obviously being one of them. Um, you know, to, for them to, to put their eyes on him and uh, just see the way he approaches really every aspect, you know, mm -hmm. before practice, um, during practice, uh, after practice, uh, taking care of his body. Uh, preparations and and uh, how he approaches meetings really all all phases of it are good for them to watch what about Philip Dorsett I know he was kind of nicked up early but he's out there making plays mm -hmm. yeah um, the the Knicks come and go you know especially during training camp but um, he's uh, he's fought back and um, and uh, we're all kind of running around out there um, you know as healthy as we can be you got some young guys out there. You got Weddington out there. You have Johnny Johnson. Players like that. What's the most difficult thing in coming into a camp and trying to make it onto the team and just get better every day? Uh, I think the starting point is knowing what to do. You know, um, you got to know what to do before uh, before any of your physical traits might actually show themselves. Um, you know, so know what to do and compete when you do um, is really the. The goal early as a as a young player, um, you know, fighting for every spot, um, know what to do, compete every snap, um, and be ready to go. Ben, how do you guys decide how much each player is going to play? Because each group is different and the units are different. Do you get to give input in that situation? How does that work? Yeah, we all we all uh, you know uh, talk about how we want to approach each game through the preseason and and how much time we want to put in and. Um, each game's different. Each player is different, uh, really, to be honest. Um, so, um, you know, that's a um, that's a challenge. But uh, we all kind of put our heads together and and uh, do what's best for for the team. All right, who's out here warming these guys up now? Because I don't think Nick's throwing the ball anymore, and I don't know if Dylan Thompson is or not. So you have so many former quarterbacks on this uh, football do. staff. We so do. No how shortage. Do do no shortage of arms uh, <laughs> and individual uh, from from coaches and. And uh, people within the building, we do. We have we have a lot of people that can they can they can help. Um, so uh, yeah, no no shortage of arms, including my own. All right, who's got the best arm out there? Come on. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, Dylan still has some zip uh -huh. uh, for sure. I, I, Nick won't want me to call him old, but he's probably lost a little little pace on that ball <laughs> at this point. But so have I. So I'm not being critical. All right, Ben, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Texans wide receivers coach Ben McDaniels joining us on the program. A little visit with him this morning. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. sharp on the fields of the Houston Methodist Training Center. It's Texans general manager Nick Casario. That's 8 a.m. live right here, so don't be late for that. It's going to be fun to catch up with the GM and get you ready for the game on Saturday night. I want to thank Johnny. I want to thank J. Joe. I want to thank Ben McDaniels. I want to thank Lovey Smith for joining us before practice this morning. That was awesome. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans!